Hi there. I'm very excited about my guest, but before I get to my guest, I have a little message from our sponsor. Hi there. Have you been looking for a science curriculum with a Christian worldview? Well, look no further than Light Lab. I've known Suzanne O'Shara since I created the movie, Let There Be Light. And this is a science curriculum with lessons for kids to explore the nature of light and Jesus Christ, the light of the world. It's a book for kids between ages 8 and 12. It consists of 12 lessons on the nature of light with hands-on activities that are simple and engaging. The Bible studies revolve around God as the creator, his plan for mankind through Christ, and the importance of knowing his word and the Holy Spirit's role in the lives of Christians. So check it out today, Light Lab. Just click on the link, and if you enter SAM10, you'll get 10% off your purchase. So check it out now for your discount and enjoy. And welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. My guest now is um, Andrew Chambers. He comes to us from Excel College. And if you haven't heard of this college in North Carolina, you're in for a treat. I came across this and I thought I'd reach out and find out a little bit more. Their mission statement is, we're pioneering a new educational path for students to become mature, wise, productive adults who live purposeful, fulfilling lives. Imagine that. I Imagine. <laughs> you probably already know how I feel about college. I've got two grown men now uh, who have decided not to go to college. I still have one left to go, and she hasn't quite decided. But their their tagline is learn to build a life, not just a living. And I just that just appealed to me. So first of all, Andrew, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Yes, yeah, thanks so much for having me. So how long have you been at Excel College? So I've been here since uh, 2017. I actually met my wife here. She's our academic coordinator. So um, we've both been now you're since stuck. 2017. <laughs> now I'm stuck. <laughs> Once you meet your wife there, anyway. then you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Very good. Exactly. And how long has the college been around? So we've been around um, in different iterations since about 2011. Um, in 2011, we started just as an associate's program that did um, a classical worldview, critical thinking kind of thing. And then um, added our practicum phase, which is internships and apprenticeships back in 2021 or 2020, actually. So became a bachelor's program in 2020. Right. And I think part of the part of the experience there is that you actually get work experience while you're going to college. Is that right? Yeah. And um, the whole point behind that is, well, one, having a job is good for you. <laughs> And, uh, you know, my dad used to say, you got to get a J-O-B, so you can E-A-T, so you don't D-I-E. But we also think, you know, <laughs> as images of God, we're created to work and cultivate, and it's actually good, not a curse. So so what are the, what are the um, focuses of the different uh, curriculum paths that you could study there at Excel? Yeah, so that's what's really unique about our program. So, you know, everyone goes through that, um, you could say liberal arts style, classical style, first phase together, and we do that in a cohort model. Um, I heard you on the Robert, the Refining Reddick show with Robert. And so we get, you know, CC parents will call us challenge five almost. Um, nice. And it's that, and, um, you know, Socratic discussion, walking through the liberal arts, so establishing a worldview. And in that phase, we say that they really, students really learn um how to understand what our common calling as humans is and like how god has wired reality so we can live well within it and then in that second phase is where they differentiate and go off into their own uh skill set and what you know um so you've already had teenagers so you know there's just like analysis paralysis in your teenage years of like 
what's God calling me to do? I don't want to miss it. I got to make sure I'm choosing the right path. And a lot of colleges actually kind of feed into that as they're making you pick your major when you're 18 years old and you don't even know who you are yet. And so what, what we do is we, our whole thought on calling is how has God wired you? Who has he made you to be? What skills has he given you? What makes you tick? What ticks you off? Like, what do you like to do? And let's pursue marketable skills in those areas and not necessarily say, I'm going to be an accountant, but okay, let's, let's actually own skills that an accountant would hold. And so they go and get um, internship or apprenticeship experience in whatever field they want to build skills in. That's a long answer to say they can do pretty much anything. And right now we've got students doing data analytics and real estate and emergency medicine and worship and hospitality and, and all the things because we we can be so flexible because of the internship apprenticeship part. How do you find, uh, like you're in a small town, North Carolina, how do you find the apprenticeships for the students? They can't all yeah, be on campus. Great. No, no. And none of them, well, a few are on campus. We have a creative arts suite. And so our creative arts students are actually on campus. Um, but the rest are actually out in the community. And so we're right next to Asheville, which is about mm, 150 to 200,000 people. So it's a, you know, quickly growing metro area, one of the fastest in the country, actually. And so, but a lot of our employers have actually reached out to us uh, and even a lot of Christian employers in our area because, I mean, you know this, but there's a shortage of, of workers now, but there's also, especially in the trades, there's a, there's a, from 50 year plus, there's a lot of businesses that have 50 year, 50 years old and plus year olds, but in that 25 to 50 range, there's a total gap because the whole generation didn't do the trades because we looked down on them. And so um, employers from machining to electrical to they're actually reaching out to us and saying, we'd love to apprentice and intern your students. Are most of your undergrads um, homeschooled? So I would say like 70% of our, of our kids come from homeschool now. And that wasn't on purpose originally, but it was because we're unaccredited. We run a religious exemption and that's because we're doing a. Hold on. You, you doing, sped, you sped over that. Say it again, but a little slower. Yeah, so so we're an unaccredited school, which means we're under religious exemption with the state of North Carolina. Okay. And so what that means is we actually have more flexibility and freedom to do education the way that we think God made education to be done. I heard Dale Parker, I think, was on your show, and he said education and discipleship are the same thing. Yeah. And uh, and we firmly believe that. And so um, so most of our all that being said, homeschool parents actually think the same way, um, for the most part, not all. But um, they don't want to shop their students' education out to the government or to anyone else, really. And so that's the that's the audience that we appeal to most. What is that? So you you're not accredited, which which uh, like that appeals to me, <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm not really sure why. Um, I know mm -hmm. that Lee Bortons would never get accredited. Um, yeah, I, I I shouldn't say I, I'm not sure why. I specifically. I don't know, but if the if the government has a hand in it, then I'm probably not, you know, in favor of it. Basically, um, so so to me, it seems like okay, that sounds like a good idea. But at the same time, why am I going to give you a ton of money if you're not accredited? So can you make that case for me? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a great question, and and that's another reason actually homeschoolers became one of our main audiences because when we go to public and even private Christian schools, they hear you're not accredited and they think not legit. Um, whereas a lot of homeschool families, they hear not accredited and they think amazing. <laughs> the government's not involved. <laughs> you have a lot of freedom to educate how you see fit, and and so and so for us, that is the thing. And so this is, I'll, you know, this could be an hour long conversation, but I'll hone it down. But essentially, 
the American system of higher education comes from the Germanic system, which is highly specialized, which means you go deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, and if you're going to learn, you don't get a holistic picture of reality. You go to learn a skill. Um, and you have to do that, you know, so you have to have a department that's got PhDs that has TAs and professionals big, these big, build these big departments in order to educate students. And that's not the way that we think education was meant to be. And so we follow more of a Hebraic model, which is that Socratic and even classical way. I know classical is more Greek, but it's that you ask questions and you lead students into discovery and you try to give them a big picture of reality and teach them how to learn and how to think and not tell them what to think. And so you can't do that under the system of accreditation. Um, it's just not possible. Very, so, the, so the government basically, they, they left that methodology in the dust and focused just on the very focused, I don't know if we can call it concentrated learning, but, but very focused learning. But the problem with the focused learning is it leaves skill sets completely untouched so, and you know, I've complained about this all the time. They don't teach a child how to balance a checkbook. Not that we balance checkbooks, but how about credit? How about understanding how credit works? How about yeah. how about understanding compound interest or whatever, right? And they don't they don't even go over that with kids in high school, where high school should be where you're learning gen ed studies, just general life skills. But they've left life skills sort of out of the equation. It's all academics now, or, or Actually, now it's all, all ideology, but they still right. leave the life skills off the table, right? They leave the life skills off. And also, you know, what's now called general education, we used to call liberal arts. And right. those were actually meant to be formative for your worldview and your character. And that part is completely gone. So when I was in college, you know, I well, went that, to I mean, that should tell you something that we changed the name from liberal arts to gen ed. It's right. It's that's why I don't. I don't use liberal arts because that's not what it is to me because I understand the the classical liberal arts, right? Right, right. And so now these gen eds are a throwaway on the way to your major. But if I'm an accountant and I'm making $100,000 a year and I don't have this view of reality that's like, how did God wire reality? How is, who has he made me to be within it? Then like, and I don't know how to treat my wife and kids well. I don't know how to balance a checkbook. I don't know how to take care of a home. And who cares how much money I'm making? And, and that's kind of the problems that we intend to solve is like, we actually really do. We tell students, when you come here, we want you to be graduate ready to build healthy marriages and families and not just have a great job. Having a great job is part of building a healthy marriage and family, but it's not who you are. Okay. And let's talk yeah. about that for just a minute, because it's, that's such an important point. And I, I've harped on this for my audience forgives me for harping, <laughs> but <laughs> You know, I talk about how in school, in, in our government schools, and in many, most, I would say, of our private schools, because our private schools are in competition with government schools, it's college prep and career readiness. And so the focus is only on the job and exclusive of all of the life skills, exclusive of how to manage a relationship, how to ask somebody for forgiveness, how to give somebody forgiveness, what that actually means. Like, all of those sort of life skills that that they that you would think you might learn at home, except you don't learn them at home because your parents think you're getting all your education at school. And so they stop educating, which really should be called parenting at that point. But it's it's it it becomes so vague and things get lost in the shuffle. And I think that this is 
this is a big problem in our society is that people think that if they make a lot of money, they have the world by the tail that like they should be happy. And that's not what brings happiness. It's, it's all no. the other stuff that brings happiness. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, what we say is, you know, after the industrial revolution, when we revamped education, we actually got reduced down to economic man. So we were taken right. from image bearers of God to economic man. So when you go to a dinner party, that's why you say, what do you do first? Not who are you, you know? Um, Great point. And yeah. And so students, that's why you hear students say, I am a doctor or I want to be a doctor. It's like, well, no, that's not who you are. That's the skill that you want. That's the gift that you want to give to the world, you know? So. Okay. So you get the kids there and they don't know what they want to be. And that's not your primary focus, but what is your primary focus then? Well, our, our pr primary focus is holistic development. And so what you like, what, what skills you want to exercise are part of that, but we have this Thing, we call it the five pursuits, Will. And essentially, if you're going to be a wise, mature, and productive adult, we think that's made of like five different areas. So intellectual, spiritual, practical, professional, and missional. And you would throw emotional under spiritual. But essentially, you know, like Dale said, if education and discipleship are the same thing, and I'm in a place for three years, then I need to be educated slash disciple in all of those areas, not just in intellectual. And so we, we have a, a really rigorous, you know, classical curriculum but we also, they live in homes, they don't live in dorms, so they cook for themselves and for their house. They clean the house, and we actually grade them on how clean is going. Hold on, um, hold on, hold on. You're going to have to back up yep. <laughs> and take us through, because this is a whole different model, right? Yeah. And so that's partly why, I mean, that's partly why we're having this conversation, because this is a different model for higher education, say. It's a two-and-a-half-year to three-year program. It's not a four-year program. and right. They don't live in dorms. They live in houses. Do they share the houses? So they share the houses. So there's about uh, 12 to 14 students in a house, but these are the big, you know, sitting roadbook homes. Um, the big what homes? You know, the old Sears and Roebuck homes that would actually come through on um, the railroad back in the day where they yeah. assembled in the So that's what homes are in our area. And so they're You're huge. Kidding. No, they're awesome. Those are catalog ordered homes. That's crazy yeah. good. And then you'd build it yourself. You'd order it on the catalog and then you'd get your, your, actually you'd get your community to help you, but you'd build it yourself basically. Crazy. Yeah. And so those are the homes that we bought. And then we actually have more homes on campus that actually former students have helped build um, the ones that went through construction tracks and were interested in skill sets. So. Sure. Okay. So the students arrive, uh, they, they get assigned to a home which they share mm -hmm. with uh, 11 other students. Are they sharing rooms at that point or just um, just the homes? Yep, so there's two to three of them in a room. So right. like the homes have lots of bedrooms and then big kitchen and living room area. And so, you know, a day in the life would look like you go to, so during the first phase, you're in the classroom because that's where the, you know, the classical liberal arts should be, you know, in a classroom. The second phase, they're actually in the workplace, but the first phase, they're in a classroom. And, uh, and that... At nighttime, they come home and there's a cook team on Monday night. There's a cook team on Wednesday night and a cook team on Friday night. Um, and they cook dinner for the house and they sit around the dinner table and actually have a meal together, talk about what they talked about in class or the upperclassmen talk about what they learned at work that day. And they actually do dinner family style. Oh, so you are. So, so when you accept a student, you're assigning that student to other students. You've got upperclassmen rooming or rooming or living in a house with lower classmen. And there's a discipleship that happens there too. 
Absolutely. And discipleship is not just from staff to student, but also peer to peer, you know? Right. And there's no, there's no eating on Tuesday or Thursday nights, apparently. Yes. They starve on Tuesday night and then on <laughs> Thursday night they fast. No. Um, so Tuesday night, Thursday night, we have these things called, we call them all teams, but they're essentially community nights where we eat dinner together and we worship. And then we, Tuesday nights, we do a faith and foundation teaching, which is like the Beatitudes. And then Thursday night we do how to use a credit card slash should you even have a credit card and oh, wow. or like how to do basic repairs on your car. Um, and so those so Thursday night is more sort of discipleship just in, in way of life, living yeah. skills. And, and where is that? Is that in the house or is that like in a, in a centralized area? So we actually bought an old bed and breakfast and turned it into a community center. Okay. And so we have a gathering space for about a hundred people now, and we're actually filling that up. So we're trying to figure out how to put another, another larger gathering space on campus. So. so how many students are in a cohort in a class? So in each class, you're going to have about, about 40 students and they, they start class together and then they move into um, Socratic circles, like discussion groups that have about 12 to 15 students a piece. Right. Um, but they do Bible, but the upperclassmen and the lower classmen do Bible together in the morning. So there'll be about 80 students in a room for Bible class on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings. This is crazy interesting to me. You, you, you've yeah. really sort of unlocked uh, an entirely different approach to higher education. And it's not necessarily a trade school, right? So, so you're combining, in a sense, trade school and liberal arts in a, in a funky way. Yeah, and discipleship and community. Um, and that's kind of our, our thing. So here are our performances. So like for the, for skills learning, we shop all that out. Like you're not going to come to me sure. and learn carpentry. You know, we're actually, you're right, going to an employer. Right. That's the apprenticeship. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason for the, for the college to be hiring skilled, uh, you know, uh, uh, carpenters to work on campus when it's better off for the students to, to get a job and work off campus in the real world. Right. Yeah. And, and what, but what people, so, you know, there's schools that are doing the liberal arts thing and there's schools that are doing the vocational thing. Right. And I, you know, I tell people all the time, like you can go on Coursera and take a Google um, product development course or a web development course for $39 a month and become Google certified and start making $70,000 a year. But where are you going to get the character maturation? And that's where the community aspect comes in. Right. Um, some of our best teachable moments are not in the classroom. They're around the dinner table. So. It's very exciting. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, it's, it's exciting to see people making innovations in education that, that work. So, so tell me, how is it working? Where are your graduates today? Yeah, it's, it's, it's worked great so far. So, you know, we had our first um, bachelor's class graduate last June. And so, you know, you've got one guy, you know, his name's Steven, he did product development. And so his, his apprenticeship was with this um, company called Diamondback Truck Covers. They make like the top quality truck cover in the country. Uh, they're a partner of ours, a guy that owns it's a solid believer, loves the Lord. And so his, his pathway, we call them outcome was he had to design a product that would go on their truck cover um, so that they could attract more fishermen to buy their truck cover because that was the niche that they were trying to get into. So at the end of his program, his team lead said, okay, you're going to do your presentation to the CMO, the chief marketing officer, 
next week. And he, he didn't know that that was what he was going to be doing, but he learned how to do, you know, he learned how to do presentations. He learned how to do all that stuff here. And so when he got up and did that presentation from the CMO, he killed it. And so they went and ordered 26 of his products to, and they got them on the website the next week. And so now the Yakima double haul fly fishing rod holder is on his, is on the Diamondback website. And, and so after he graduated, he's now working for Penn State's um, Happy Valley Launch Box, actually helping other op- entrepreneurs design their products through like 3D printing and um, uh, I don't know what the other word is, but it's essentially like modeling. And um, and so, yeah, we got- Cat design. Know, and then cat design, yep, yep. And then, you know, another one of our girls graduated and she was a medical office assistant. Now she's actually the office manager of that medical office and is apprenticing two of our other students, one right now and one next year. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. So the first guy didn't stick around because he he went on to greener pasture somewhere else. But the second one did stick around because because that was a pathway to entry in that in that same office. So you've got both outcomes as examples, which is just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And then some of those and then, you know, some of the ones from our previous classes before we even had the full on bachelor style program, you know, are married and actually building families and you know, have great jobs. And, and for us, it's like the watching them have kids and watching them, you know, actually treat their life wife well, or treat their husband well, uh, and build a life. Like that's the stuff that, that we actually brag about just as much as we do about the jobs they get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. I really love it. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our audience? Um, no, I mean, we, so what I tell people is, you know, we have about a hundred students on campus, so we're a pretty small campus, love to invite everyone to come out and, and visit. And we also do a, um, a critical thinking summer camp where we're training young leaders, how to think critically, but in the context of camping, whitewater rafting, rock climbing, to get wilderness first aid certification. And the reason that we do that is because what we found is we teach some critical thinking here in college, but that process actually needs to start in high school. Um, and it really needs to start way earlier but the camp so far is just for high school but um we think if we're going to train the leaders of tomorrow they need to be trained not just to think critically but also graciously and learn how to be holy spirit led in the process um, and apply that to daily life and not just um ethereal and so that's something that that would be great for people to check out as well so critical thinking for high schoolers as a summer camp how long is the camp so it's 12 days long and we have five sessions next summer and it's there in North Carolina. Yep, there in North Carolina, here in North Carolina, and uh, we're in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So it's. Uh, I went to Duke, so I love North Carolina. Oh, nice! Yeah, awesome. That's great. All right, Andrew Chambers, thank you so much for joining me. And the website again is uh, theexcelcollege.org and or .com, I should say. And this is the Sam Sorbo Show. <laughs>